This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Selecki, and this week we have content creator and storyteller from Moto America, Sean Bice. Moto America, the home of AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile per hour superbikes, is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all the latest updates and feeds. There's five ways to watch Moto America if you can't attend an event. There's Moto America Live with all-day streaming, Fox Sports for live Saturday and Sunday superbike races. Then, after the races, you can go to the Rewind, Moto America Rewind and Junior Cup classes on Fox Sports 2, Supersport classes on MAV TV, plus get the backstory and technology insights and Inside Moto America on NBCSN. Of course, check your local listings or go to motoamerica.com. Now, here's the latest news of racing in the industry. We have Moto America from Pittsburgh International Race Complex this last weekend. Some great racing. I hope you folks got out to watch it. The Hono Superbike Race, Race 1, our leader of the point series, Cam Bobier on the number one Yamaha, does the double. He won both Race 1 and Race 2. And that's not all. We had duplicates in second and third with Matthew Skoltz on the number 11 Yamaha and Jake Gagne on the number 32 Yamaha finishing second and third both races. In stock 1000s, Cam Peterson took his number 45 Suzuki to the win both races one and two. And in the super sport race, same thing, Richie Escalante on the number 54 Kawasaki won both events, race one and race two. But the, to me, the news of the weekend is Rocco Landers who Basically won every event he lined up for. The Twins Cup race, he won on his number 97 Suzuki, beating out Caleb D. Carell on his number 51 Yamaha and Hayden Schultz on his Yamaha. And then in the Junior Cup race, he won both events on his number one Kawasaki. He is the defending champion. So Rocco Landers, great job this weekend. It was fun to watch. He is on his way to Europe to ride at the uh, Red Bull event in Austria. So he's gotten that tap on the shoulder to kind of showcase his talents and we wish him the best of luck. We have race highlights from the MotoGP in the Czech Republic Grand Prix at the Brno circuit. Brad Binder, the South African rookie, man, this kid is on fire. He wins his first MotoGP race and it's the first MotoGP race for the brand KTM who started racing MotoGP in 2017. So good luck to him and uh, really an outstanding effort. Second was Fabio Morbidelli on the on his Yamaha and Zohan Zarco on his Ducati for second and third. Just really 
a great weekend. The legend, Valentino Rossi, finished fifth on his Yamaha, which is still a great story that he's out there finishing top tens against some really, really talented racers. World Superbike Racing from Juarez, Spain. We had two race events this weekend for World Superbike, and Scott Redding won both of them. The British rider on his Ducati swept race one and race two, followed by, in race one, Jonathan Ray on his Kawasaki, and Rez Gottliogu on his Yamaha finished third. In pretty much the second race, Scott Redding ran away with it again, followed by Chad Davies, the British rider on his Ducati, and again, Rat Gatsioglu on his Yamaha finishing third. So that was the road racing for the weekend. Now we also have MXGP results from Latvia and Kegums. Now there's three rounds coming up at uh, Latvia. This is the first of three. They've kind of taken a page out of the book from AMA Supercross, where they've combined events at the same venue to uh, try to get economy of scale and keep the riders close and keep everybody healthy in the COVID situation. So the winner of MX1, the Dutch rider, Glenn Goldenoff, first win ever for the Gas Gas brand. You may call it a red KTM, but it's still a Gas Gas motorcycle. And he went off and won MX1 for the overall. Tim Geyser from Slovakia finished second overall in his Honda. He gave him a good battle. He actually won the second moto. And Romain Fabra on his Yamaha from France finished third. So in MX2 racing, the young Tom Vial on his KTM dominated winning both motos by quite a large margin. And he holds the red plate over Yago Geertz. So some great racing in Europe this weekend. I hope everybody got a chance to check it all out. There was just a ton of racing this last weekend and a lot of good stuff. Hit Pass Moto is brought to you by Manscaped the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, and I can attest their Lawnmower 3.0 is amazing. The headlight has been fantastic. I haven't gotten lost once in the process. You will enjoy it. What do you think, Dave? I think the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. Take care of all the hair everywhere, guys. Cultivate what grows wild on your body. It's been an eye-opener, if you will, and I just recommend that you trim that junk of yours. Absolutely. Your partner will thank you. And here's an important point. They are partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society. So, boys, you should be checking your boys at least (laughs) once a month. Your balls will thank you. And... Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PITPASS at manscaped.com. That's 20%, not a small amount, 20% off and free shipping with the code PITPASS at manscaped.com. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is name the first motorcycle manufacturer to feature linkage-based single-shock rear suspension on its motocross models. We'll have the answer for that later on in the show. All right, coming up next is our guest this week on Pit Pass, Sean Bice. Now, Sean is the, uh, basically, he does it all for their content creation at Moto America, our sponsor. And uh, Sean, welcome to the show, man. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's funny. Last time I was on, I realized I didn't really have a title because I actually work as a contractor for Moto America. But really, our communication manage, communications manager is Paul Carruthers. So I'm kind of his right hand man. We do a lot of the same things back and forth. And it's, you know, we've grown enough now where it's kind of beyond a one man job for sure at this point. Well, and that's a little dangerous. If you don't have an official title in, a, in an organization, that means you do everything. Funny story about that. That is, I'm finding that to be very true. I keep picking up tasks. In fact, this weekend, it was sort of strange that I found myself down on the starting line for our Hono Superbike races on both Saturday and Sunday. I actually did the MC for the opening ceremonies and introduced our national anthem singer. So it was like, that's not something I do too often. And I had to run down from the press conference of the race before just to make it onto the grid in time to do that part. So that's exactly it, though. It's because nobody, you know, oh, let's get Sean to do it. You so you get, you get tested every weekend, right? That's, uh, that's oh, kind yeah. of a cool role, though, because you get to touch, you know, all areas of, of Moto America. And I, you got to be pleased with the season so far. You guys have knocked it out of the park, I think. I mean, just the fact that you were able to get the races off and do it in a way that you did, I think, I've told others, I think you guys set the example for motorsports in general on how to do it. I mean, what are your thoughts on the season so far? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I had done an interview with, with Wayne and one of the things for us and one of the things we talked about is the fact that if, you know, it, obviously this whole COVID-19 thing is a, is a dark cloud for everybody around the world, but we were able to find a silver lining. We found some opportunity in it, if you can call it that. I have to say our, our uh, COO, Chuck Axlin, and our basically our head of all our, op- of our operations, Nicole Cox, utilized exhaustive efforts to uh, really work everything out, you know, with local health officials and the tracks and the Safe to Race Committee, which is part out of the AMA, and trying to come up with a great way to make this happen with social distancing and usage of masks and sanitizer uh, as much as we have. And, you know, I think the thing is we, we looked at it and we made everything as safe as we can possibly have it and also take advantage of the fact that in our sport, specifically our sport, most of the tracks we go to, in fact, all of them, they're on such huge amounts of acreage of land that you would have to be completely overrun with guests to not be socially distanced. I mean, I know at Road America, they said, you know, even when the thing is comfortably full, they've got, you know, it's like 600 acres of land. So there's a lot of room for our fans to spread out. So, it, you know, it's really, it, it was, I think our sport is almost, almost made for this unfortunate situation that we're all in. And it's given people that uh, that look at a series they might not go to, you know, by proxy. And and I think for those reasons, I think we're going to see an uptick in participation, both from the on the track to people watching the events and going to the events. So when you talk about a marketing organization, a lot of times they have analytics where they can study. You know, we're seeing an increase in activity here, and this is what we expect. So is that something that Moto America is able to analyze and see, you know, growth from the series? Yeah, in fact, um, you know, I, I can't quote specific numbers, but I can give you some kind of generalities about it. So far, so we've had four rounds. We went to Road America twice. The first round at Road America was without fans. The second one was with fans. 
At Road Atlanta, we had fans. And then this past weekend at Pittsburgh International Race Complex, we had fans. And at each of our events where we've had fans, our attendance has been higher than last year at the track. And the other thing, and that's overall, and the other thing that we found is with our TV, when we started our series, we were supposed to have Superbike on FS2 instead of FS1, but because of some opportunities, because of the fact that we were racing and some organizations weren't, we were able to go on FS1. And we pulled such good numbers that we've continued to be on FS1 for our Superbike live live broadcasts of our Superbike races on Saturday and Sunday and Fox Sports 1 every round we've had thus far. We also picked up Eurosport for the same reasons. And so we're broadcasting in a lot of countries now and Eurosport's numbers, they've been extremely happy with what we've been able to provide. So, so yeah, I mean, I think we've introduced a lot of fans or at least gotten to a lot of new fans, but also fans that we've had have been able to access our our sport easier than ever this year because of our accessibility on uh, channels that they have. Yeah, and that's the key to it all is access. You know, people today are used to being able to click on it and see what they want to see rather than wait for it to happen. And I think you've given, you delivered that. So I have this vision in my mind that the marketing team in Europe that manages road racing was looking at what Moto America was doing and they probably a little bit jealous and it maybe drove them to get you know, more active and and drive towards having events again. And they've done a good job also in getting bikes back on the track and getting fans involved. But I just, I think Moto America led the charge as far as getting racing back up and running in a way that worked for everybody, given, you know, these really, really strange circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I think for us too, I mean, we we have the benefit of obviously having three-time World Grand Prix champion Wayne Rainey. And he's, we always say he's more well-known outside the U.S. than he is in the U.S. And, and even with what he's done in the U.S. with us being jaded by the number of athletes that we, uh, you know, idolize, he's obviously well known in this country as well. But, you know, he's he's universally known around the world in our sport. And he has a good relationship with Dorna, who is, uh, you know, obviously MotoGP and World Superbike and with the FIM, which is the sanctioning body for all racing around the world. And our chief operating officer, uh, Chuck Axelin, who I mentioned, his background working with Kenny Roberts over the years and having worked with Wayne, too, he's got contacts all over the world, too. So those guys have been instrumental in in helping us get where we've been. So, you know, having those guys as our uh, kind of our lead with Moto America is is a huge help to us as well, as well as obviously our ambition to put on a good show and and make it safe and do the right things. So um, that's been great for us. Absolutely. And, I, and obviously the, the product has is, is proven that. And uh, in addition to the kickoff and the way the season's been going, the action on the track has absolutely been stellar. Just watching over the weekend, some of the action in the Superbike class, some back and forth, a lot of up and down. The Twins Cup race is always good. You've got some upcoming talent in guys like Rocco Landers that are just setting the world on fire. you got to be excited about that, too. Yeah, you know, I was just talking to uh, Josh Hayes. I was He's on his way back to California, and we were having a conversation about it now that he's coaching riders. And, you know, he called, and we were talking about some of the younger riders we have, and it made me realize it's ter- terrific. A- an example of that, you mentioned Rocco, and he certainly got that. I mean, he, ha- he ra- raced in three races and in two classes this past weekend, 
and he won all three of them. And actually, he's probably already gone, but he was heading over to uh, Austria to take part in round one of the Red Bull MotoGP Rookies Cup. Yeah, he was selected for that. So he kind of warmed up. We didn't know that he, if he was going to race in our series this year. Certainly, we didn't know if he'd be back as a defending champ in Junior Cup. But because of this, the calendar and the way things ended up happening, he was able to not only defend his championship or is not only to continue defending his championship, but he's also involved in Twins Cup because, like you said, the youth, I mean, he's still only 15 years old, but he's grown quite a bit this year and he's able to get on a bigger bike. But now that Red Bull's starting up again, he's able to go over and do that round. And I talked to him and his dad over the weekend and found out that our schedule, there's only one round, it's a conflict, and it's the one, unfortunately, at Laguna Seca, so we're going to have to see what happens. But we were told that, you know, he's all in on our championships too, so it depends on which championships he has the greatest chance of, you know, or or let's say uh, it would be detrimental to him to not be there. You know, he might be able to skip Laguna Seca and still be the the overlord and over here, and it might not hurt his, his standing, so it's kind of a wait and see. But yeah, to your point, we have a lot of young talent. It's it's coming on, and we um, there's a rider, Blake Davis, who joined us. He actually turned 14 a week before we were at Road Atlanta, and we kind of saw him on the horizon anyway. He came in and raced his first weekend with us in Junior Cup at Road Atlanta, and he was also at Pittsburgh again. And you know, like a lot of these riders, they're they're 13, 14. Well, 14 is when they are they're allowed to race in our series. So I should say the 14, 15 year olds, they're all act like they're going on about 26 years old because they're all extremely poised. They've got, you know, they wear their brands and they thank their sponsors really well. And they certainly can ride motorcycles well too. So our uh, next generation coming up is really something to see. Yeah. And I'm excited to see them develop. And when they get that tap on the shoulder to go overseas, it's a, you know, it's a feather in your cap when you developed a rider through the series, like, like British Superbike has done and and sent riders to World Superbike and such. So that's a, that's just a, like I said, a feather in the cap for the series and what you guys and the team and Wayne have done to kind of resurrect road racing in the States the way it is today. It's, it's pretty exciting to see. I'm kind of curious, Sean, about yourself. Uh, You've talked about being a guy on the outside looking in, nose against the glass in, in, in the uh, (laughs) motorcycle industry. And, uh, the fact that uh, you got in, you worked for Yamaha for a while, and you know that yep. you know kind of got you started. So, what got you started? Was it uh, motorcycling when you were young, or or what what uh, what planted the seed? I guess. Yeah, you know it was funny when I was younger. I I was one of these guys. You know, there are a lot more opportunities with the motorcycles that the younger people have nowadays. We have this mini cup by Motul series where these O'Valley bikes are just unbelievably cool road racing bikes that are you know, so small that adults would have a tough time riding them, but they're really everything you'd ever want for that age group. But for me, I started out, my, my, I grew up in Northern New York where it's, you know, very cold up by the Adirondacks and we did a lot of snowmobiling because obviously the winters are long there. And that guy kind of got me interested in motors and actually in Yamaha as well. And, and in the summer I had, I was like a typical kid in that I had a mini bike that you know, had a, the lawnmower motor style mini bike with the tube frame and everything. And yep, we all did. And we all have the bad ankles for it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They never had any good brakes on them or anything. They nope. were terrible. But, and you know, when I turned 16, I wanted to get a motorcycle and, and, uh, my dad had said, you know, well, if you earn enough money to go in on half on it, I'll, uh, I'll go in half too. And we went to a Honda dealership that was nearby 
there was an RD 350, a 1975 RD 350 there. And it was, you know, it had, it was only a year old. My dad said, well, you know, we've had really good luck with the Yamaha snowmobiles. And at the time, I mean, I, I didn't have this allegiance that I developed towards Yamaha, but we got the bike and I actually still own it. It's actually in my garage. And when my dad visits me, he's just turned 83 last week. When he visits me here in Ohio, I always take him out in the garage and show him because he always said, if you're good, if we're going to go in half on this with you, then you got to take care of that bike. And I've certainly done that, <laughs> so cool, but it started from there. So then I, then, you know, I started going through college and I got really interested in motorcycles and racing. And at the time, the ad agency that was known for doing Apple's early work, like the 1984 commercial that everybody knows about is Chiat Day. And they were also doing Yamaha's advertising at the time. And I was in college and have always had a knack for writing a little bit. And that's what directed me into being going into advertising and learning copywriting because I absolutely love the the ads that Chiat Day, Day did for Yamaha at the time. They did a lot about Kenny Roberts when he was winning during that era. And that really started my love of Yamaha, cemented it, got me involved in writing and PR. And I had a career in advertising for a long time. And I finally circled back to my absolute passion in life, which is what I'm doing now. Basically, I've had a career developing my skills as a, a writer and PR person. And now I direct it towards my passion, which is motorcycle racing. How cool is that? They, you know, it's, it's true what they say, you know, you do what you love and you never work a day in your life. And that's a, it's true for anybody. I think in the, in the motorcycle or power sports industry, it's, it's a, it's thing you love. I always say it's the, the industry you love, but it doesn't always love you back, but right. uh, you know, it depends on your situation, but you've landed in a, in a great one. RD350, I remember those back in my day. That was actually a very popular road race bike because it was inexpensive to get on the track. They used it in deep production at a uh, local That's track. Right. Local track for me would be uh, would be uh, where we would take them, and uh, what a blast. I mean, it was a great vehicle. That's awesome that you got an original, too, because uh, those are rare, extremely rare to find these days. Yeah, and it's 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 pampered at this point. It's it's I have to say it's it's a garage queen. It's I a ride. garage queen. There yeah, you go. <laughs> I ride my other motorcycles more than that yep. one, but at least it's there. And I go out and I I kind of look at it and you know listen faintly for the choir of angels singing around it as it's in its hallowed <laughs> yep. spot in my garage. As it should be. It's it's served its right. purpose in life, right? So now it's <laughs> it's there to be admired, and uh, you wipe it down with a diaper every once in a while, and you admire it. And Absolutely, that's, uh, that's cool to find an original like that. So it so now you're in the industry, and you're and you're doing these marketing exercises. And, and what do you see in marketing that's evolved in the last five to ten years, and, and different from you know where you started in the business? Well. You know, one of the biggest things for me that I've seen is we've all always had our opinions, but now it seems like people with opinions, all of us with opinions now have a, have a little bit more of a voice. And of course, that's social media and it's consumers and customers have become so close to the brands now that, and, and are able to kind of communicate a little more directly. We kind of pride ourselves in that at Moto America and I'm involved in that a lot. Like we'll have a lot of people that'll ask us questions through Facebook in our inbox. And, you know, I, I get involved in answering that stuff. So I think in terms of brand awareness and communication, it's just you're, you're so close to being able to, you know, it's not just TV advertising, newspaper advertising, radio advertising back in the day. Social mm -hmm. media does so much to also forward that brand. And it's a huge part of what we do on a weekly basis. I mean, we utilize Facebook 
certainly Twitter and Instagram and even TikTok a little bit as much as we can to reach our audience. And uh, we've had really good success with it. It's grown a lot. Yeah, and it's a measure of how how well you engage the customer, you know, at what level. And like you said, you're you're almost now one-on-one, you know, with the customer where it used to be, like you said, you print an ad or you, it was all basically print back in the day. And right now with the web-based and the interaction with the fan, the back and forth, like you said, you're on Facebook answering their questions one-on-one and they appreciate that. And uh, I think it shows in the in the engagement at the track, like you said, with the um, growth in the TV package and how that's penetrated the market deeper. All of those little things add up to a lot over time. It's how well you can engage that customer. Another thing that's a big success area for us is our Moto America Live Plus, our live streaming and, and video on demand subscription service that we provide. And that's continuing to evolve and improve, but all five of our classes of racing are broadcast. I, I say broadcast, but it's really through this subscription service. People that subscribe are able to see it, and then they can go back later if they don't see it, and they've got it in a catalog of races where they can watch it at a later time if they want to as well. That's been very, very successful for us in other countries too. I was talking to a photographer from South Africa over the weekend, and he was saying that South Africa, that Moto America is really, really growing in popularity in South Africa. We have a lot of riders from that country as well. I mean, we've got Matthew Skoltz, Cam Peterson, Dominic Doyle, Samuel Lockoff. I mean, we got a lot of riders that are there. In fact, I'm getting ready to write a story about to try to find out what it is about all these guys from South Africa coming to the U.S. and racing. You know, maybe that's the next hotbed for racers because they just won a MotoGP race over the weekend with... uh... Yes, yeah. In fact, it's funny you'd mention that because the Binder family, the two Binder brothers that are involved in MotoGP and Moto2 are very, very close friends of Cam Peterson. And Cam's a real good friend of Matthew Skoltz's, so the Binders know Matthew real well too. The Binders actually got Cam Peterson kind of involved in racing, although I will say his dad, Robbie Peterson, is a legend in our sport. He actually used to race for Kenny Roberts back in the day, but that was why it was so cool yesterday because Cam, well, yesterday and over the weekend, Cam Peterson won two races, and when he came into the press conference on Sunday, he had already known, and we were like, boy, this is a day for South Africa, isn't it? (laughs) How about that? Pretty delighted to hear that. Yeah, it was pretty good. And, And, you know, Dominic Doyle, did well over the weekend. He had an accident, but he he came snapped back from it and got on the podium. And Sam Lockoff did as well. So uh, yeah, they all represented real well as well as in MotoGP. That's true. Yeah, I think it's their turn. I think uh, Spain has had enough, right? <laughs> right. And we right. know Italy has had enough. So we got to spread it around the world a little bit more. And hopefully, it'll flow back right. here to the United States eventually, and we'll have that's more. That's what weight. we're trying. That's we what, we, that's we a need big mission uh, of Moto America. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Develop more Wayne Rainies. You know, get them get them yeah. overseas and racing, and and uh, win those world championships on top of the the uh, the U.S. championships. Yeah, and we've got Garrett Gerloff over there. He's working and wor- working. He's racing. Well, it is working, but for it's kind of more play than anything. But he's racing in World Superbike. And uh, he's done really well so far. I mean, he's, you know, for him to get a top 10 in that first year with not knowing those tracks is pretty, pretty great. And he's actually been doing better than his teammate, who has a, is a former world super, super sport rider who knows those tracks and has raced on him for years. And Garrett's outperformed him so far this year. And he's been racing among some big talents. So he's an example of, you know, already somebody that's over there and, and doing things as well as what Rocco's going to do in Red Bull Rookies Cup. So 
Yeah, it's that steep learning curve when you go over to Europe. It's the culture, the food, the accommodations. You have to learn all of that your first time out. And unless you, you know, you go to somebody who's a good partner and can, you know, more or less kind of take care of you until you get your feet set. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot about the, the culture. The cool thing about Garrett is he actually did, went to great lengths to learn Spanish before he went over there. I mean, he, he's pretty fluent in it now. He has been all in for several years now with that was his goal, more, more so even than, than his longtime uh, teammate, Cameron Bobier, who, you know, we think possibly he's such an overlord this year and working on his fifth Superbike championship. We're kind of thinking if it's not next year, it's never because, you know, there's an opening in that potted team with Michael Vandermark leaving. So we're wondering if, you know, it's going to happen for him this year with, with Cameron. He's still young enough. You know, he's, I think he's 27, you know, he's still got time ahead of him, but he's just done all he can do in the U S for sure. And, and especially this year, he's really dominating. He is. He just, he's putting on a clinic every, every weekend. Yeah. Just the yeah. starts being on the pole is a tremendous help, obviously, but he just, he's so consistent and consistently fast. I, I looked at his lap times from yesterday and in the second round and he was 140 to 142 pretty much the entire race. And, and he would put in a heater when he needed it and, you know, sprint away when he knew something was coming. But by the end of the end of the race, it was quite a gap. He just, he's, he's solid. Entertaining yeah, to watch. Jake, his t- teammate, Jake Gagne is starting to get up there too. I mean, he's, Jake's had a, you know, his career, he's, he's been on some bikes that have been a challenge for him. And, uh, you know, he's kind of, kind of come back home to Yamaha, which is where he really did, had his, most of his success and Jake's starting to figure things out too. He was actually looking to be giving uh, Cameron a good run for his money, but he had fried his clutch on the start line and he kept going backwards till, you know, Matthew Skoltz caught him and so he managed to limp uh, home third, but yeah. That's what happened. Okay. I saw he lost a lot of, he lost a lot of time towards the end of the race and he, he just barely squeaked ahead. I think it was Josh was, was right behind him, Josh Heron. Yes, he was. Josh Heron would have caught him probably if it was a few yeah, more laps. Yeah, um, a couple more laps. Yeah, Jake said, you know, he limped it home as much as he could. He he got an amazing start in that race, but, you know, he obviously must have feathered the clutch enough to do something to it because he definitely had a problem. So. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's adapting to the tracks and the conditions and, and trying to yep. get the bike across the finish line for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, Sean, we're going to wrap up here. And, and okay. man, we really appreciate you coming on and telling your story and, and just talking motorcycle racing in general is always fun. Is uh, How do we reach you? What's the best place to reach you? And is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me on. I love to come on and talk to you guys about, you know, Moto America and, and certainly my love for it, as well as the, my passion for all, all motorcycle racing. But you really, you know, go to MotoAmerica.com to, uh, you know, read our stories and also to subscribe to Moto America Live Plus, and you can actually get tickets through our website as well. And it's very simple, MotoAmerica.com, and follow our social media channels as well because we're always very active on there. So those are the shout-outs that are most important to me today. And I couldn't agree more, and uh, you're always welcome back, Sean. It's always fun and entertaining, and uh, we look forward to having you back. Thanks so much. We'd like to thank Sean Bice for being on the show with us today and give us tons of insight on Moto America, marketing in general, and just road racing. He's a great guy, and we love having him on the show. 
So the answer to this week's Pit Pass trivia question is, let me give you the question one more time. Name the first motorcycle manufacturer to feature linkage-based single-shock rear suspension on its motocross models. And the answer is the Kawasaki 1980 KX125, 250, and 420. They kind of led the charge with, with a linkage-based single-shock system called Unitrack. That was pretty much what put the nail in the coffin with conventional rear suspension where it was just a shock absorber bolted to a swing arm. There were a couple of holdouts with Yamaha for a couple of years, I think up until about 1981. But after that, pretty much all the manufacturers were moving to or evolving to a linkage rear suspension. Suzuki had the stellar full floater rear suspension system in 1981, which really was just magical on the racetrack. And then Kawasaki kept with the Unitrack for a while before going to a uh, more of a bell crank rear suspension system, which is where everybody ended up eventually. Honda did in 1981. And Suzuki, I think by 1987, was also into a bell crank linkage type rear suspension. Then the Unitrack hung on just a little bit longer, but you know by then they were all kind of seeing the advantages of moving the shock absorber closer to the center of the vehicle and getting the rising rate suspension from the linkage. That's a little bit of history and uh, some of us lived through that with the bad suspension that came prior to that and we're, we're very thankful these days to have uh, linkage base and progressive uh, action rear suspension on a motorcycle. Upcoming racing, we've got Moto America Superbikes at the Ridge in Shelton, Washington at the end of the month, August 28th through 30th. Make sure you check out MotoAmerica.com for the latest news and updates on that event. We've also got AMA Outdoor Motocross starting this weekend at the Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, and we really look forward to that. AMA has announced that there is a 5,000 ticket limit on fans for that event. So they're trying to respect the local uh, requirements for uh, social distancing. And I, I imagine all of those will be enforced when uh, when they roll that out to the event. And then followed by Washougal, Washington, August 22nd, and then the Ironman in, in uh, Indiana on August 29th. So we've got some AMA outdoor motocross coming, nine race series. We've got American Flat Track, the double header at Indy Mile. I really look forward to this. This is gonna be great racing. Seeing those flat track bikes go around the Indy Mile is just awesome. August 21st and 22nd, check that out. MotoGP at the Red Bull Ring at Motorrad Grand Prix in Ostrich, Spielberg, Austria, coming up August 16th. We look forward to that. Some more MotoGP racing. MXGP at Riga in Kegums, Latvia. That'll be August 11th and 12th, which is actually Tuesday and Wednesday this week, followed by Kegums again this coming weekend, August 15th and 16th. That's part of that three race series it's being held at the same venue, keeping the riders at the same event. So that's pretty cool. Look forward to see how that goes. And last, we've got World Superbike at Motorland, Aragon, and Terrell, Spain, which is August 28th and 30th. So check those out when you can. That is what's coming up for the weekend. Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. It lets us know if we're doing what, uh, talking about what you want to hear about. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, and pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our all-new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow, and also Sean Roll Hoffman. I'm Dave. We'll see everybody next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.